think in today's environment, cap rates are really compressed. I think it's hard to find good deals. But I think being persistent, number one, with looking for deals, but number two, in, in the negotiations and discussing with brokers and property managers can help you find those gems that are out there, but they're very hard to uncover. Hey, it's Rod Cleef, author of the best-selling book, How to Create Lifetime Cash Flow Through Multifamily Properties. And I want to tell you, I've got an incredible three-day boot camp coming up in Los Angeles. It's January 17th, 18th, and 19th, and my good friend Adam Adams is coming to add even more value again. And this event is not a sell-a-thon, okay? We, you know, we don't bring in outside speakers to sell you stuff. It's just me with super successful investors like Adam teaching you about this exciting multifamily business and... Because 80 to 90% of your success in anything is your mindset and your psychology. We also teach you how to take massive freaking action with what you learn. So if you're an Adam Adams listener, use that code, Adam Adams, to get $100 off your already very reasonably priced tickets. Now go to rodinlosangeles.com and use the code Adam Adams. And Adam and I will look forward to seeing you there. So again, that code is Adam Adams at rodinlosangeles.com. We'll see you soon. It's time for the Creative Real Estate Podcast, your source for out-of-the-box real estate investing strategies brought to you by RealBlueSpruce.com. Welcome back to the Creative Real Estate Podcast. I'm your host, Adam, AAA Adams, and today I'm joined with Matt Pacheni. This is the second time that he's been on the show. The first time we did a Facebook Live, and this time we're doing one that'll just go on iTunes. So I'm excited to have you back. If you're listening right now, you're going to want to hear his most creative deal because I think it's the most creative deal I've ever heard. So this is the Creative Real Estate Podcast, and you're going to hear some interesting ways of mixing a few things together to get a deal done. And I think you'll learn a lot just from that creative deal. We are going to be talking about persistence, which is Matt's number one superpower is that he never, ever, ever gives up. But we'll start by letting you introduce yourself. So tell us a little bit about, about your background, and then we'll get into the show. Uh, thanks, Adam, and thanks for having me on again. Uh, it's a pleasure to be here. Yeah, so I started off, um, you know, I got involved in real estate about 14 years ago. Uh, it was something that I did as a hobby while I worked in New York City. Uh, I was working in the advertising world, uh, and I had a whole career doing that, uh, and started you know, having a little bit of money that I wanted to invest somewhere other than Wall Street and my 401k. So I started uh, looking at uh, real estate, which I knew a little bit about. My father had been a residential realtor at one point in his life. So I, I knew the basic concept of purchasing a home and, and renting it out. And I started off uh, initially with a, a piece of property, a piece of raw land that I bought um, in a very nice community in, in upstate Connecticut. And uh, kind of went from there, built the house there, turned it into a vacation rental. Um, this was over a number of years uh, and uh, learned a lot from that experience and started doing some more, ended up getting involved in single family, did some fix and flips, did some buy and holds. Um, and so all of that was going on uh, while I had a career uh, in the advertising world uh, in New York City. Uh, I eventually, my wife, uh, I got married and my wife got a really cool job opportunity completely out of the blue uh, in Miami. So we moved to Miami. That's about four years ago now, a little over four years ago. And uh, when she got that opportunity and we moved, it was a good opportunity for me to say goodbye to the corporate world of, you know, working crazy hours uh, 
at, at an advertising agency and uh, looked to do real estate full-time. And that's when I moved into full-time real estate and moved into multifamily uh, using syndication. So now I'm, I'm an investor first and foremost, uh, but I'm also a syndicator. Are there any investments that you do besides just real estate investments? Yeah, Adam, there is. Um, my wife and I also often invest and um, sometimes we produce uh, Broadway shows. So we've been involved in a number of shows, uh, including Hamilton and uh, Moulin Rouge, which just opened up on Broadway. Uh, we were just at opening night last week and it's doing phenomenally well. We're really excited about that. We're also involved in a new project coming to Broadway uh, at the end of this year. David Byrne, you may remember him as the lead singer from the Talking Heads. He has a special event coming to Broadway at the end of the year, and we're very involved in that one as well. How has persistence gotten you to where you are today? Oh, I mean, I think I owe everything to to my persistence. You know, I mean... It's funny, it's, it's been a reoccurring theme in my life. So, you know, I, I think the first time where I, I really noticed a big impact it made is if you go way back before the advertising, I used to be an actor. And actually the first professional gig I got was in Orlando, Florida, uh, working for Disney World. So I grew up in Orlando and, um, you know, I had done some school plays and things like that and was sort of interested in, in the theater world and um, I decided to take a, a tap class, uh, tap dance. Uh, my sister took ballet and jazz and tap and all of that. And there was this guy that was in her tap class and he looked really cool tap dancing. So I was like, oh, I'll try that out. So I did that. But my sister was really the dancer. She was doing all these classes and everything. And it turned out Disney had uh, these auditions that my sister wanted to go to. And I kind of just sort of tagged along and was like, oh, yeah, I guess I'll try out for it. And I got the part and uh, unfortunately she didn't get cast. <laughs> so, um, but the interesting thing was I found out after the fact that, you know, I had made it past the first round of auditions and I had a callback. Um, and, and so the callback, um, you know, it's almost like doing a best and final, if you will, in a, in a real estate deal. Um, when I had the callback, I, people had told me it's Disney world, like make sure you smile, make sure you smile. And my father spoke with them after they cast me in the show. And they said, listen, it got down to the end. And Matt was just as good as all the other kids that were there. But he had an ear-to-ear -ear grin the entire four hours that he was there. Like, he didn't stop. And we just couldn't think of, like, not casting him in the role, like, because he was just so, so into it. And so, you know, I was persistent. My cheeks were killing me that night. When I got home from from grinning ear to ear all day, but um, you know that that was I think the first time that my persistence sort of paid through, and then I've seen that a number of times throughout my whole career and, and my whole life, as a matter of fact. Um, and most recently, it's helped me in real estate um, get get deals. I mean, I think in today's environment, cap rates are really compressed. I think it's hard to find good deals. But I think being persistent, number one, with looking for deals. But number two, in, in the negotiations and discussing with brokers and property managers can help you find those gems that are out there, but they're very hard to uncover. Awesome. Awesome. What, let's, let's dial it back just a bit and just kind of get your personal definition. What does the word persistence mean to you in your life? 
You know, I think it's pretty simple. Persistence is when you put a goal in mind and you don't stop until you reach the goal. All right. So what happens if the path that you're taking to get to that goal doesn't seem to work out? What's the next step? I think the next step is to to find an alternative, right? I mean, I'm a very big believer in sort of thinking outside of the box. And, and I think probably most of the people listening to this podcast uh, think that way too. I mean, we're not investing necessarily in Wall Street. We're trying to find ways, okay, how can I build passive income? How can I build wealth? And how can I do that in a different way? And especially like the title of your your podcast, you know, Creative Real Estate, it's all about figuring out a creative solution to getting to that goal. And I think that's the most important thing. And that's where the persistence really pays off and is almost the definition of persistence. You know, it's not just, I'll revise my earlier definition of not stopping until you get your goal. Well, I'll add on to that and say, I think it's about trying to achieve your goal in as many different ways as possible until you attain it. I love that. I love that new (laughs) definition. And uh, that hits home with me because that's really why I created the Creative Real Estate Podcast is because I felt like I don't want to have a podcast just around simply how to do a lease option or how to do a subject two. Because if the only flipping thing you know how to do is a lease option, if the only flipping thing you know how to do is a subject two, you're not creative at all. That's not creative real estate. Creativity comes from figuring out a win-win, figuring out a solution, finding the solution, trying new tactics and techniques. And I cannot wait until we get to your most creative deal to see how many, how many different tools you had to pull out of your Swiss army knife to get this deal done. If all you had was a screwdriver, you're not creative. If all you have is a hammer, you're not creative. You got to have all the tools in your shed, and you have to understand how and when to use them. So thank you for going more into detail on what creativity does mean to you. If you think back, what is the single most difficult challenge that you've had to overcome and you were able to overcome it through persistence? Uh, You know, I'll probably get done with the podcast and think of a better example, but you know, my first real estate syndication, you know, that took me almost two years um, of, you know, pretty much nine to five looking at deals. Uh, You know, a lot of that was educating myself, learning how to create relationships with brokers, with property managers. Um, And then, you know, finally getting that deal required me to, uh, you know, I had actually gotten into a best and final and then the whole thing got pulled and they took it off the market. And I uh, worked with uh, the broker um, quite a bit and, and it's kind of a whole longer story, but finally got an offer in front of them and and not only got the offer in front of them, but explained to the seller why this was a fantastic deal and why they wouldn't get a better deal than this and was able to uh, pick it up it was an off market deal at the time, but it had just been on the market and, and being able to kind of scoop that back up and, and wrangle that down. But there were a million near misses prior to that. So, you know, it, it, it took a long time. Love it. So 
thank you so far for going into how it took you two years to get your first syndication, but you still had the persistence, the determination to continue to relentlessly call brokers and call off-market sellers until you were able to close that deal. And it sounds like it took a lot of out-of-box thinking. And for you to structure a deal within your head and to accurately explain how the deal would work to show the other person how this is a fantastic deal for them. Uh, One other question that I have before we get into the final five, what would you say to others? They're listening right now, but they are seriously struggling. They're struggling right now today. They have an obstacle in their path and they don't know how to get through it. What would you say to them? I think I would just say, have you thought about this from every different angle that's possible? What's a different way you could do this? What's a different way you can do this? You know, just a simple example for me, you know, one of the things was my market selection. I was, I was looking in a particularly competitive market. It's a market I know really well. I mean, it was central Florida, which is where I grew up, um, where my parents still live, something I know like the back of my hand. It's a super competitive market. And I think, you know, I, I haven't really seen a good syndication come in the Orlando area um, ever. Um, but, you know, uh, not to say that there aren't good deals there. I just haven't seen any. But I, I think that um, I had to say, okay, let me change my market. And then it still took time. It's not like it happened overnight. But I think it's about trying to figure out different things. I was talking with someone the other day, uh, and he's been having some problems. And um, he's only working with one broker. Now, it's a really good, powerful broker in that market. But I'm like, hey, you know, maybe you should start talking to some other brokers. Like, if it, it, it's almost like the, um, I think it's Einstein's definition of stupidity or something like that. I don't remember the exact who it is, but it's, it's the, the quote of, you know, trying to do something the exact same way but expecting different results. It's, it's just, it's not possible. It's not going to happen. You got to figure out what can you change? What are the different variables? What can you change? Keep changing it. Keep spinning those dials till you get sort of that right combination. That's, that's very good wisdom. Um, so I love that you would say to somebody, have you, have you truly thought about this from every angle? What other things can you do? And you brought up that that quote, and you know, I don't remember who it is now either. I used to know, but because you forgot, it made me forget. But the definition of insanity is trying to get, trying to do the same thing to get a different result, I think is very similar to what that is. And that will lead us really well into the final five. We're going to get right there, but we'll take a quick break and we'll be right back. As you know, the holidays are just around the corner and my sweetheart and I have been trying to figure out what we can do for other people to kind of just give back. And one thing that we've found is that we can actually buy toys for foster children. So that's one of the things that we're going to be focusing on this holiday season. And if you'd like to be a part of that, number one, send me an email and I'll let you know of all the drop-off points that are here in the Denver area in case you're local. And if you're not local and you are one of our past investors and you're planning on investing in this next deal, if you're at the $150,000 level or more, I want to go ahead and buy some toys in your name and I'll donate them in your name and I'll just go ahead and take them to that drop-off spot. So for more information, 
to this amazing cause or to invest passively with us in one of our deals, scroll down. There's going to be a link and you can get a little bit more information. Send me an email and I'd be happy to partner with you on helping some foster kids get some toys. Matt Pacheni, what is the most creative deal you've ever done and thought about something from every angle and, and were able to accomplish it? Um. Yeah, so I recently, uh, earlier this year, completed a deal, um, a 1031 exchange. And uh, what happened was I had a piece of property in Brooklyn, New York. Um, and when we purchased this property five years ago, we knew um, that there was additional uh, development rights or air rights um, with the building. And we also knew that the lot adjacent to the building uh, was vacant, um, which is one of the reasons why we were able to get a really great price on the property um, with the hope that, uh, look, the deal worked great on its own, but the idea of a developer buying that lot, which is really the only thing that would make sense with that lot, where it was based on the size and the location. I mean, it's four, four blocks away from the Barclay Center. Um, it's right between the Barclays Center and, and the Whole Foods in Brooklyn. So it's right on the path of progress. So we, we knew it would get bought by a developer. Um, and what ended up happening is the developer bought almost that entire block, um, is knocking it down, and we were able to sell these air rights. So what I was able to do was keep the building, which is cash flowing very nicely and also appreciating in value sell these additional excess air rights. And when we had purchased the property five years ago, we did an analysis on the cost of construction. We worked with an architect and it didn't make sense to actually build um, up on the property. Uh, the, the value was really in sort of those air rights. So we sold those air rights um, and then I was able to 1031 those air rights into a purchase. Uh, I bought a, um, a six-unit property in Kansas City, Kansas, on 39th Street, directly across the street from what I think is the best barbecue restaurant in the country, um, which may have had a little bit to do with my decision on the property, but not really, uh, into a beautiful cash-flowing asset. Um, and so uh, the, the cool thing is because it was air rights, we still retained the property. And so the mortgage still remained intact. So what we were able to do was actually purchase the property all cash, the property in Kansas City. And now we're able to go ahead, if we choose to, and do a cash out refinance of the new property. So had we paid taxes, the capital gains on the property, uh, we would have been paying with, with federal and also Massachusetts state tax, close to 30% in taxes, um, leaving me with, you know, roughly 70% of the, uh, you know, the, the funds in my pocket. And what we did instead was we bought a property, uh, we're refinancing it. So we will get, we'll be refinancing that at 80% uh, loan of value. So I will have actually 80% of the proceeds instead of 70% of the proceeds in my pocket. And I'll be using those proceeds to deploy them into uh, syndication, uh, multifamily syndications, either ones that I'm sponsoring or ones that I'll be a passive limited partner in. Very tough to follow every step. <laughs> Next time we're going to have this show on a whiteboard. So that <laughs> 
follow it. But that that is that's awesome. Thank you so much for going step by step into how you're able to get a deal done using 1031 air rights. Uh, refinances and rinse and repeat. Re- rinse and repeat. That's good. Good stuff. What's a book you recommend? Uh, I just got done reading Unshakable by Tony Robbins. Um, the first two sections is it's, it's in three sections. The, the first two sections uh, go into sort of uh, the evils of Wall Street, for lack of a better way of paraphrasing it. Um, but the, the, which was okay, but it, it, I, it wasn't really what I was hoping for. I, I'm not a Tony Robbins guy, but I know a lot of people are rah, rah, Tony Robbins. I was kind of looking for that. And I found that in the third section, uh, which is on the psychology of wealth and talking about, uh, talking about it from that perspective, which I found very insightful and very interesting. Awesome. Yeah. I feel like I need to read that. I've noticed that just our own psychology of money and how it works um, and our goals will change so much. It'll inhibit us or, or give us growth and expansion. And a lot of people haven't realized that, but it sounds like the third chapter of Unshakable by Tony Robbins does answer that question in case somebody might have those, that potentially limiting belief around money and wealth. Yeah, section three. It's not chapter three, but it's section three, just so that people know. Makes sense. Got it. All right. Where were you five years ago from today? Five years ago from today, I was in New York City. Yeah, I was I was still in New York. And uh, well, actually, I was probably just getting done with my paternity leave because my ba- my child, my eldest child, Julia, was born uh, she just turned five in June, so I was probably just finishing that up. Uh, nowhere in my mind had I thought that I'd be where I am. I'm in Boston, Massachusetts now. Never would have thought that. Never thought I'd be doing real estate full-time, although it was something I wanted to do. The path to doing that was completely unclear to me. Got it. Where will you be in five years from today? Maybe on Mars. I hear they're sending people there soon. Uh, I, I have no idea... Uh, very possibly here in, in, in Boston, Massachusetts. We love the area here. Um, you know, w- one of the things that I like to do, I've, I'm fortunate enough that I've achieved, you know, financial freedom. So I like to, you know, work one-on-one with, I'm not like a, a mentor or a guru or anything like that, but I do like to help people. Like I have a, a very popular meetup here. Um, and, um, here in Boston, we're gonna have over 200 people there tonight, which is awesome. And so, I like to try to give back and try to help people learn how to create passive income. So I'm thinking that five years from now, um, while I'll still probably be doing deals and investing passively and actively, I think it'll be something with, with helping people achieve financial freedom. I don't know what that looks like though. And how do you give back? How do I give back? Well, um, one of the things that I do is is that 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 multifamily meetup and spending time with aspiring syndicators or people who lo- are looking to generate passive income. The other thing is I'm a member of the Young Leaders Committee of Caritas Communities, which is here in Boston. Um, we provide housing for very low income people, a lot of like military veterans, um, people who are you know, unfortunately people who have had substance abuse problems or 
maybe uh, spousal abuse problems and things of that nature, um, providing them permanent housing. And so that's something I'm very active in and a big proponent of. I, I like it because it, it helps people and it's also real estate related. So it kind of mixes my two passions together. There's probably a few people that want to reach out to you, learn more about the creativity that you've done, maybe investing in other things besides real estate like Broadway shows. And they may want to just join you when they hear there's 200 people going to be at your meetup tonight. They might want to see what this meetup is all about. So if you could just boil it down to one single way, what's the best way for them to find you, reach out to you and get a hold of you? My website, which is www.mjppg.com. There's a contact page on there with my email and a contact form. So it's mjppg.com. mjppg.com. That's right. All right. Thank you so much for coming on the show. I really appreciate your time and attention to detail, helping us to learn more about persistence and creativity and how they kind of work with each other and to help us be more successful. I really appreciate you again coming on the show a second time and adding value to our listeners here. I'll let you go, but until next time, my friend, think outside the box. Hey, it's Rod Cleef. I've got an incredible three-day boot camp coming up in Los Angeles. It's January 17th, 18th, and 19th. It's just me with super successful investors like Adam teaching you about this exciting multifamily business. We also teach you how to take massive freaking action with what you learn. So if you're an Adam Adams listener, use that code Adam Adams to get $100 off your already very reasonably priced tickets. Now go to rodinlosangeles.com and use the code Adam Adams. And Adam and I will look forward to seeing you there.